you do when you have a bunch of world-class beer samples you can't use? Help the community. News agencies lost their shit over the last BA numbers. Calm down. It's worse than you think. Georgia bar owner has dollar-dollar bill, y'all, to help his unemployed staff. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to the Tsal Beer, the answer to the question, how long can two adult men possibly talk about nothing but fucking beer? Answer, 30 hours and 37 minutes so far. This is our first anniversary. How you doing, Tyler? Oh, doing excellent. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's their total record time. I sat down and like did the math a little bit a little bit ago. So you spent uh, more than an entire day... Uh, well, conceivably in this office, uh, the last two recordings notwithstanding, um, but that it's, that still pushes you over. So, how does that make you feel inside? A little depressed. It, as well, it should. As well, it should. But we're <laughs> drinking now. What do you? So uh, we're still uh, doing the whole. Um, uh, we're still doing this remotely. Uh, we are being good and following the orders under we the rules that we all live under during this fucking apocalypse. Um, so we are uh, recording and drinking separately. Uh, Tyler, what are what are you drinking over there? Uh, so in the spirit of Idaho Craft Beer Month being the month of April, uh, I have a beer from Sockeye Brewing here locally. Their Barrel Aged Cocoa Peak Milk Stout. And how? And is what it? do you got today, Jeremy? I brought a couple. It is delicious. Well, so it is just a nice silky chocolate with some vanilla notes coming through. And a little bit of kind of that bourbony aftertaste, uh, just tasting delicious right now after a long day. Um, I got a couple, actually, a couple of 12 ounces. I'm starting off with Payette's uh, The So Fucking Sunny. Um, it's the. Okay. So there, it's the they've done a couple of uh, uh, they've done a couple of these uh, Sofa Kings, um, but this is the first one that they are. This is going to be a regular release of theirs, um, and uh, it's it's a hazy pale. It's it's a nice light, you know, lemony, citrusy. It's got the full body, got that tropical fruit flavor. You know, it's it hits all the check marks. You go, yeah, that's that that's a hazy pale. So you know, well done. And the other, at some point in time, I'm going to get into is the uh, Wallace, but I'll let you know when I do that. Sounds good. All right, where do you want to start? You want to start with the BA numbers? Yeah, or the pouring the beer, either, either or. Let's do the brew numbers. Sounds good. So, Jeremy, what are we starting with today? All right, brewpocalypse news now. Um... Uh, this week, uh, news organizations all over the country lost their collective poo-poo over uh, the information released by the Brewers Association. Um, wherever you are... Oh, you I probably... thought you were going to say CDC. Sorry. <laughs> Different podcast. Uh, that, too. Uh, but, I mean, in our uh, our little hemisphere, uh, most of the... And I just think about just about every like i saw a headline pop up in several newspapers several television stations several local television stations i think at least one of our local ones ran with it um and it basically it's you've you probably saw the headline wherever you live uh usually something along the lines of most craft brewers report they will not survive the covid-19 epidemic and you know um as usual, it's a, a bit more nuanced than that. Um, that's not to say the shit isn't bad. 
Um, it is pretty bad, but it's bad in a more complicated way. Um, it's, it's like the difference between being caught in bed with your sister and being caught in bed with your half-sister from your, from your dad's first marriage to a second cousin twice removed. Both are. Pre- Do you have experience with that, Jeremy? No, you I just sound want... like you're speaking from experience. No, I just want to put it in, put it into terms that someone from Northern Idaho might identify with. Uh, I, I've never fucked a sister or a cousin. <laughs> the point is, they're both bad, but one's bad in a more complicated way. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought I'd take a moment uh, to really look at the data and see. I mean. Beyond like the couple of numbers cited in most uh, most of the articles I read, which is basically like, yeah, most of your breweries that you love are going to die. Sleep well, everyone, and everything you love is going to die. Um, it's probably going to, but I mean, like I said, it's more it's more nuanced. So I thought it'd be useful to really take a minute and look at the data um, and see what it can tell us about the craft brew landscape um, and how it might emerge on the end, other end. Uh, let's start off with the baseline first. Where did this data come from? This is a result of a survey um, uh, by 525 breweries from around the country. 525 responded to this survey. Okay, uh, one sec. There are 6,000-some breweries in the United States right now. 8,000. This is 8,000. This is less than 1%, so it's not a real accurate representation of the state of craft breweries across the fucking nation. So just... Calm your shit, everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's that's useful to keep that in mind. And they actually mentioned that small brew pubs are an, are overrepresented in this sample. Um, nationwide, small breweries, and their definition for what a small brewery is, a little bit vague. But from what I can tell, let's say it's about 400 barrels a year um, or fewer. Okay. Um, they account for 24% of all breweries and produce 18% of all, vol- of, of all volume. Um, that being said, in this survey, they represent 29% of all breweries and account for 24% of all volume, um, which, I mean, which basically means it's a bit like doing a survey and asking people if they expect to die in a fiery plane crash, and you come to find out that 25% of your survey results came from stunt pilots. You know, it's <laughs> – it, small breweries are – they might be by they, they might be more affected by this, so it's – it's good to keep that in mind that this that they were a little overrepresented. So, you know, and I, small breweries have always had it a little more difficult because usually you open a small brewery with not a ton of cash flow behind you. Correct. Um, so, uh, let's start with. I guess I want to stress not it's not just bad; it's complicated and bad. So let's start with, with the sales trends. the 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 biggest number they reported, the most widely number reported that I saw, that breweries lost seventy five percent of their income. Which, yes, that is the median number reported. Although it should be noted that the average is closer to sixty five. Um, still not great, but a majority of the but well, it's still not great, uh, especially since you consider that the majority of those reported lost more um 20 report, reported losing 90 percent of their income and just shy of 15 percent lost 100 percent presumably they shut down entirely and are just gonna wait this bitch out yeah but here's an interesting part an outlier 
All right. A very small portion reported gains. I'm thinking about 2% or so. Um, a very small portion represented gains of 100% or more. Holy shit. And the graph looks weird. So you, I mean, on the left end where it's like 90 and 80%, that's where the majority lies. And it kind of cascades down to 60, 50. You got to get this like slow curve down. And then you get this little bump at around 100%. Now, this is the moment we have to realize that this data is coming in from breweries and you can't rule out stupidity, bad accounting, or just an urge to fuck with the system. These are brewery owners we're talking about. I'm just saying. There is also one other thing in there that I don't I don't know if the article takes into account. Uh, if it's a small brewery that, say, last year wasn't doing packaging grocery store, but happened to be in the process of getting that set up and got it in and into a set in a chain grocery store right before this hit, so it overinflated their numbers up, and then not having the numbers from last year in the grocery store, it's going to bump it anyways. And then with that extra COVID bump, you're just blowing up. <laughs> the COVID bump sounds like one of the symptoms. Um, that I mean, <laughs> or a drug. Um, I mean the 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 hundred percent or more increases was just enough to have them look into it. And yeah, that is a, a theory. Um, the 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 uh, the BA numbers uh, you know, in that little in that tiny little area, um, the thing the, uh, the they did report sharp decreases in draft and package, suggesting that they either ramped up delivery or um, or curbside delivery service faster than anybody and actually ended up dominating a previously crowded market. So that I mean, you, if you if your brewery is kind of again kind of struggling in a in a uh, in a in a crowded marketplace, and then this shit happens, and you had the foresight, the ability, and wherewithal to create a effective delivery service or curbside service before anybody else, you quickly become the go to place for a lot of people who just want local beer delivered. So that could be part of it. But, I mean, it's a small but not insubstantial amount of people who are doubling their business. So, just saying. Um, distributed draft, as expected, had an average drop of 91% with a median of 100%, which means that, I mean, basically half the respondents are not Draft saying, is dead. Draft is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, we, we kind of know that. Um, Off-premise... Got real complicated. They brought in numbers from uh, scan numbers, uh, BA reporting, and surveys, and it's hard to figure out what exactly it meant. Um, but uh, my sort of semi-informed opinion says something like this: If your brewery has some wide off-premise package, then you're likely seeing growth in package of about twenty percent. Um, that sounds good until you stop to realize that most small breweries don't do package at all. Um, only 346 breweries responded to any questions about off-premise at all. Um, and then, but if you're big and you have access to a lot of, especially grocery stores, that probably means you had a big draft presence and you really caught it in the shorts and it's probably not enough to make for losses in draft. Best case scenario, I was going to say... Because yeah. draft is a higher profit margin than package is going to be. And the decrease in draft for everyone, even if they did have a big off-prem pre off presence, the decrease in draft is greater at a higher margin 
then the increase is of the lower margin package. So you're still getting bent. You are bent, getting bent right over the table, COVID-wise. Um, if you take all the numbers and distill them down, best case scenario you're looking at is a, a across the board uh, drop of nearly 25%. Again, better than fucking 77, but not great. And your experience may your experience is varied. Your mileage may vary on what you're actually experiencing. Um, and that brings us to the headline of all the articles. Will most breweries close within three months? Well, uh, let's consider one thing. Um, before this shit slammed into the fan, about 5% of all breweries were predicted to close in 2020 because the industry was kind of getting ready to, to do a purge. Um, I think we've talked about numerous times that we were entering a phase of high competition Um a crowded marketplace. We've talked about numerous breweries that uh, were were on the edge before all hell broke loose, and so the estimation was like five percent were going to die regardless. So, um, you of course those five percent pretty much already are already uh, 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 factored in. Um, now the. It also depended on what your situation was. First of all, this was going this was going to hit small breweries harder. So, of the fourteen percent of breweries that said that they maybe had a month left, they only produced two percent of the beer for this sample. So, larger breweries that have a wide package distribution were in the majority. Um, they, they were the majority respondents for saying that we can keep this going for three months. So, you're basically uh, you're looking at when they say half the breweries said, "Oh, we're not going to last a month." Most of those were smaller, and again, the it, they didn't really define that. Other than I'm guessing it's somewhere in the somewhere in the vicinity of around 400 barrels a year. Okay. Um, but again, I got an interesting. Uh, I got an interesting. Uh, uh, an outlier here. So, um, there's there was 6.4 percent that said they could last longer than a year, but only 10 percent of those were the large breweries with large distribution, large grocery chain, uh, grocery chain presence, the, the kind of that you think about. So who the fuck is the other 90% who can last a year? Um, it doesn't say, but I have a guess, and maybe you do too. I'll, here's my guess. This whole being small thing is a double-edged sword, and I would be willing to bet that of the 90% that said that we, we could last a year, Almost all of them produce 400 barrels or less. Um, I'm I'm thinking neighborhood tap rooms that are able to pivot, cut overhead, find a stable takeout market that basically lets them like stay afloat, and they look around like, yeah, we're making just enough money to to pay the last guy or two guys we have left, uh, and keep the lights on. So yeah, we can do this. We we're sending out beer. So as long as this is stable, uh, this we can weather this. Or it's breweries where it's just the owners working it. And so basically they just have to cover their rent, their overhead, and they just don't take a paycheck during this time. I mean, but yeah, still very small. Yeah. Um, so. So you either got to be really big or really small well, to survive I, the vid. I mean, here's the, uh, the I think that, I think that brings us to a conclusion. Where were you? as a small brewery before all hell broke loose. I mean, 
and it doesn't and I, it, that's why you're it's it's such a varied landscape and it might you know if you were doing poorly and then you know but delivery suddenly took off for you then you might suddenly find yourself in a much better position ironically than you were um if you're now i mean uh it kept on mentioning like brew pubs um where you know uh, um specifically like uh, uh breweries that offer f- a restaurant service and all that um they are obviously taking a much harder hit because their their business not only depended on exclusively on premise sales um but uh restaurants and uh, you know uh you know dine in which is you it's harder to replace takeout is just not going to do it and by the way you're probably not selling anywhere near the amount of beer um it just so or food or food yeah so um but it yeah it, that, that's where the the thing gets murky so what's the grand picture what are the chances of either being able to return to your job if you're laid off which a lot of people are or what are the chances of your favorite beer joint being there after all this well um grab a beer here's the labor here's the labor market data um, two thirds of the over eight thousand full time and six thousand part time employees in craft beer were laid off. Um, but when asked if breweries were going to rehire within the first month of opening, thirty three said no, and thirty five percent said yes, but some. Only twelve percent said that they were going to hire everybody back. That's a number that hurts a lot. Yep. Uh, so I mean, literally, two you know two thirds of the two thirds are not going back to work anytime soon. So damn, drink up, everyone. Um, but yep. will your will your favorite brewery survive? Um, and it's gonna be dependent on their story. I I personally don't believe we're gonna see the sixty per some. Uh, 60% or whatever they were, report, you know, were predicting that was going to go down, you know, every news article. But I think 10 to 15% is totally reasonable and probably expected. And depending on how yeah. long. Yeah. What's your prediction? Yeah, I, I could see that happening very easily. Uh, kind of what I've noticed is. And like you were saying, it all kind of depends where the brewery or brew pub was at before this all took, and this kind of amplified it, either for good or bad. I mean, it just threw everything in flux. So the answer is, I mean, searching through some like you know some searching through these numbers. I mean, some breweries are doing bad are now doing much better. Some breweries are just hanging on. Some breweries that were doing great are now in the toilet. But, I mean, the, the breweries are some breweries, the breweries are doing great or doing okay now. And then the ones that were headed towards the, uh, the, the garden shed to get shot like Old Yeller are, you know, being put out of their misery. <laughs> <laughs> they, but, they've added a quicker step out there. Right. Um, again, I think 10 to 15% is probably going to happen and that's you know in and around eight a hundred to nine hundred breweries nationally 
Um, depending on how long this lasts, and more importantly, what the government's response is going to be, uh, the number will just go up from there. And although you can't control how long this lasts, uh, they can control, to a certain extent, how the government's going to respond. And so included towards the end of the survey was um, what what breweries would like to see um, from the federal government or state governments um, in order to help them get through this. Um, the f- number one, of course... Direct grants from brewery, for, direct grants for breweries, eighty-two percent. Basically, give us money. If you give us money, it'll help because that's what money does. Seventy-one um, percent <laughs> said a permanent excise tax recalibration um, because I mean, let's face it. Even even in a states where uh, you know where you know free markets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't we don't tax people. They tax the fucking shit out of beer. Um, oh, hundred. Any alcohol, yeah, you know any 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 uh, uh, politician said I believe in low taxes. What about alcohol? Uh, yeah, you know something about Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> horseshit. <laughs> um, no, the excise. So a, a lot of them are saying excise tax recalibration, or just saying quit taxing us could help. Um, I didn't know this was in the works. A spoiled beer tax credit. Um, sixty-five percent, okay. which makes sense. A little, a lot of beer that's just gonna go down the drain, or I mean, or you know, be drunk by the employees. But I mean, there's a whole lot of beer sitting in a whole lot of warehouses that's not going nowhere, and so that actually makes a lot of sense. Although I feel like that should be under that'd be under business losses, but I don't know. Um, excise tax. Pe- Payment delays, 50%. And I found this one interesting. Um, Additional market access, 50%, which is basically, hey, all these idiot laws that you've crafted that keep us from reaching our customers, maybe stop. Maybe stop all of them and let us do our thing. We've seen a lot of that. I mean, there's delivery in states that you would – I mean, Texas, I'm looking in your direction. Um, There is delivery uh, going on in states that you would never foresee uh, that happening. There's lax lax laws going on throughout, but I think what they're asking for is even more so. I mean, can you help us expand our direct-to-customer – um, uh, programs help us expand, you know, uh, our, you know, how we can distribute, how, help us expand, you know, remove the roadblocks between us and the consumer. And even that just get out of our fucking way will help. Yeah. Is that all of the ones that they listed in there? Or? Those are the ones they listed. Yes. Okay. Cause I'm surprised they didn't. And it may have been in the responses. Uh, I know I've heard it through several different channels. Uh, I heard it on one of the episodes of the good beer hunting and through a couple other people I follow on beer Twitter, um, sales tax leniency or sales tax forgiveness for breweries and restaurants. That'd be, yeah. Which is huge. I mean, because if you think, a brewery here in Idaho, let's say, just for easy math, does ten grand a month. There, and they can save six percent that they don't have to pay back that month doing that ten grand. That's a substantial amount during this slow time. It is. Um. So yeah, that's 
that's it's stuff like that that's gonna mean the difference between ten to fifteen percent, twenty five percent. I don't, I just don't think it's gonna be the doom and gloom that they were reporting. Well, that a bunch of news agencies reporting. I mean, there's, I mean, I think for a couple of things, let's remember that when people responded to this survey, it was late March. And that was, I think, let me think here, um, like five years ago or 10 years ago. I'm having a trouble. <laughs> when shit hit the fan <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying a lot has happened since people took this survey. Um, and, and a lot, you know, the you know and who knows what they were thinking because really the question is just given the given the current rate of you know given your current business given the current what you think the government response is going to be now can you stay open and that they were asked to put in you know one to four weeks uh one month to three month um etc 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 so i mean i you know you, you take that with a certain grain of salt you know back you know back then versus now I'm kind of interested to see how many actually. I'm interested to see how 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 accurate that reporting was because it is. It's just this is the someone at the brewery just saying I think we can last one month, maybe. I don't know, maybe more, maybe less. Yeah, I'd be curious if they reached back out to all those respondents and said, "Can you fill it out as of today?" and just see kind of where everyone sits. Because that was also in the middle of kind of the panic. So everyone was expecting it to be really bad. And I'd also be curious to see kind of the state-by-state breakdown. Because if a lot of those were centered in California or New York, where there's been a lot more stay-at-home orders, there's been a lot stricter of everything compared to like a Idaho or Montana. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, and keep in, I think we're going to see more of these because I, if I remember correctly, BA came out with the first of these surveys two months or two weeks prior, two weeks, two years, 20 years. I don't know. It's been a lot. It's, it's, it's been a long March in April already. So, um, so they, yeah. March was a hundred days long. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. It would be interesting to see what, how the data has changed now. And I, I suspect they are going to go back and send out more surveys and collect more data because I, this is, we live in interesting times. And um, I guess if you are, if if you're listening and somewhat worried about uh, about your about your favorite brewery, um, this would be a good time to see if they deliver. Can you deliver a growler, or if you can go out and get a growler? Yeah, or I know a lot of the breweries in the state of Idaho will sell. Kegs, if you have a personal kegerator, that's a good way to help them look, offload some of that draft backstock that they have. Uh, you get a better price than buying cans. You get to have your own beer on tap. So it's a good way to help out, and it helps both sides. I guess what, I, I guess what we're saying here is if you want to, to solve everything, just keep drinking. Drink more. Drink all of it. If you're not drinking and, beer right now, you are a selfish prick. There I said it. 
and drink craft. <laughs> yeah, I, of course. If you're drinking Budweiser, then you are basically Satan. Um, you drink Budweiser, you're... And listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> Which, but yeah, by the way, I feel like that's not our target market. Um, yeah, um, you are all home right now. If you're listening to my voice, crack a beer, make it a local beer from wherever you are, and, you know, keep... Uh, keep Cheers uh, to you. Cheers. Cheers to you, yes. All right, Tyler, um, do you have any happier news? Uh, kinda. So, staying on top of the Brewers Association, uh, they had to figure out what they were going to do with all the beer samples that got sent to the World Beer Cup that they canceled because of COVID-19. You brought this story up. So, I was like, I'm like oh my, I completely forgot fucking forgot about that yeah everybody sent in um and i think for a lot of these competitions you're sending um a six pack of you know a six pack sample of every beer if you know i think it's reasonable to assume that every brewery is sending at least a case maybe two or three um and then oh well over a thousand breweries enter this so start doing the math and realize there's a shit ton of beer that currently has no purpose so what are they doing with a shit ton of beer yeah so they had uh according to the article i found on craftbeer.com kind of talking about this they were able to get word out to enough entrants that they didn't get stuck with all the entries uh but they were still stuck with approximately half of the beer entries slated for the World Beer Cup in San, e- San Antonio. Does any indication um, of how much that was? No, I, I'm sure we can look up and see how many people entered last year's World Beer Cup and kind of just ballpark it. But you keep talking. I'll look that up. Hold on. Okay. Um, so there was a whole issue with do they – judge the beer remotely do they pay to ship it back to the breweries that send it into them uh do they donate it to a good cause um and all of these solutions kind of ran into some logistical problems governmental red tape uh that were just too large or too time consuming to really take place and For those of you that don't know, beer does have an expiration date. So beer will go bad. Depending on the type of beers, it can be it it can be sooner rather than later. But yes, yes, it really does. So the article says on a sunny Tuesday in April, tucked away in a mixed-use area of Boulder County. So for those of you that don't know, the Brewers Association is based out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh. Mass volunteers are busy dumping beer inside a way warehouse. Um, at that time, uh, there are five tables helping to dump this beer uh, that flank a path to a trailer with a large industrial plastic totes. Um, the Brewers Association executive chef was able to come up with the solution to all these problems. What he was able to figure out was, hey, you know, the Center for Disease Control said solutions that are at least 70% alcohol are an effective disinfectant for the COVID-19 issue. As we have a warehouse. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a warehouse full of bottles and cans of beer. It's in a more diluted state. But what if we partnered with a distillery to distill the alcohol down to 70%? Well, they began calling around um, to see if anyone would be interested in partnering with them. And they found Balmer Peak Distillery, who said, yeah, let's do it. So they poured all the beer for hours on hours. I think it said... It took them a couple days. Uh, let me see if I can find in the article. Um, uh, while you're uh, looking, while you're looking that up, I actually have the. Uh, I found the numbers from last year. Um, yeah. Um, basically, all right. Uh, Eight thousand two hundred and thirty-four beers. Um. And from 2,515 participating breweries. So there you are. That's... So call it 8,000 at about 50%. You have 4,000 entries of beer. So 4,000 six-packs of beer. I see. I'm not sure if the 8,000 is entries or if that's 8,000 individual beers. But let's just say – let's just say uh, – uh, let's say uh, – I would number... assume it's entries. Um, let's just assume, all right, let's say six times eight, Jesus Christ on a cracker, six times eight, that's a fuck ton of beer. That is, a, I'm, I'm not sure a state goes through that much beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends on the state. So the process they did was they opened each bottle or can dumped it into a five gallon bucket then dump the bucket into a 275-gallon plastic tote. The totes were then driven over to the distillery. Uh, with that, they were then they were emptied and were able to produce between four to 500 gallons of high-grade alcoholic san hand sanitizer that they then donated to local hospitals and people that needed base had a high demand use for the hand sanitizer. Nice. I mean, so it was a way to take a, a situation where you're like, well, I don't want to just dump out all this beer down into the drain and we can't drink it all. I mean, literally the beer would start to spoil before you could drink it quick enough. Maybe you can't. Um, I consider that a challenge. Here is, here it, is. It was how many, how many individual twelve ounce cans, Jeremy? Um, again, let me just do some quick back of the envelope calculation. Six times eight thousand would be roughly forty eight thousand. Um, so yeah, that's that's a that's a a busy weekend for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or was eight thousand whatever the total number? So you're looking at four thousand. For well, fifty percent. I think that's the. I think therein lies the question. It just says it. It's so all on an article I just popped up from the from the the web page about the World Beer Cup. It says judges evaluated eight thousand two hundred and thirty four beers. Um, so I'm assuming that's individual entries, and so there's six of each entry. So six times four thousand. So you're looking twenty four thousand beers, not 
as bad as 48. No, it'd be six, six times the 8,000. If you're, if you're saying that 8,000, if there are 8,234 different entries, every entry has but at least six only 50% made it by the time they canceled. Oh, all right. You know, you're good. Right. You're right. Good point. Good point. You're well done. All right. So see, no problem. It's only 24,000 beers. You can't drink that much. I the know world's people. largest case. <laughs> um, the only, the only dad, the only really kind of sad thing about that is, you know, there is some amazing beer that is now hand sanitizer. That makes the most delicious hand sanitizer I've ever seen. I mean, I don't regularly sample hand sanitizer, but um, you've had some, you've, you've had some rough weekends. So uh, how does that go? <laughs> I've never drank it. <laughs> Outside of the couple times I've drank moonshine, like Everclear, 151, but... I mean, it's that and aloe, as far as I understand the process. Yeah. You take moonshine, so. you add aloe, that's your hand sanitizer. Congratulations. Yep. So what do we got next, Jeremy? All right, weird times bring more weird numbers news now. Um, this comes from Justin Kendall at Brewbound, who just uh, reported some figures from a consumer research firm, Social Standards, which took 30 different alcohol beverage products and tried to determine what effect um, an extended uh, shutdown might have, um, especially one that continues through the summer. So they are um, they're considering, OK, what happens if this goes all the way up to August, there are no big, you know, there's no, there, there are no pool parties. There's no barbecues. There are no, um, uh, there, there, you know, there's not, you know, big camping trips. There's no big music festival. It sounds like I'm like reading the trailer of like a, a communist takeover plot movie. There will be no barbecues. There will be. Is no- this Red Dawn? <laughs> That's what happens when the commies take over. <laughs> and so go into the wolves. Damn Russia. <laughs> but anyway, so they took so they took that scenario and they say, "All right, you know, they're they're using past data and they're trying to figure out, all right, well, what types of beverages are the most threatened and which type are the safer?" And the funny thing is is that the most threatened are what you'd kind of expect, but the not at all threatened Kind of weird. So here we go. Um, the most threatened. Tyler, you got any guesses? Beer. Oh, beer. No. Think about, all right, so think about types of beer. So it goes, it, so they analyze 30 different types of products. So these, so think wine varietals, um, package types, um, the uh, import types, and styles. Is this also breaking down like? Draft first package or it did, just no, style, it, just style and package yeah. type. I'm gonna say lager, stout, and hazy IPA. Okay, for most threatened. Yep. Keep in mind that this is this is beyond just beer, but so, oh. And then I'd say rosé for wine. Okay. And I don't think any liquor is taking a hit. So So here's what the most threatened were. All right. Number one was canned wine, 
which makes sense because the only reason canned wine exists is because is for outdoor right it's to have wine in a package you can take to barbecues and pool parties and camping and all the summer shit in a nice handy i'm drinking wine out of a can look at me type thing uh the other one they mentioned was mexican beer corona modelo etc etc um which again kind of expected but um you got rosé that was number 4 number 3 you're never going to guess hard seltzer what they say that hard no. seltzer is the most is one of the most threatened types of alcohol bullshit uh, <laughs> go stand in a fucking grocery store bullshit 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 um, I have been helping like face grocery stores at my job right now, and you see just pallets of fucking white claw go in because people are like, "Well, I've got nothing to do all day except fucking slam white claws and then cry in my pillow at night." <laughs> Is that what they do? <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing on the list was non-alcoholic beer and wine, but I mean. I think you hit upon that. I mean, I had roughly the same thing. I mean, you know, and even and even they admit uh, in the article that this is just a theory. And given Hard Seltzer's meteoric rise um, and and being a product that completely defies any sense and reason for any analyst whatsoever, regardless, it may smash all projections. All they can do is study what um, they've seen. And what's happened previously, so anyway. Yeah, hard seltzer has broken seasonality. So if it was still kind of following a seasonality trend, I could get a hundred percent on board with that being like, okay, since they don't have that big summer months, yeah, I could see them taking a huge hit. All right. But since they Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But since they were like still they blew up in January during dry January. When every other alcohol took a hit, but hard seltzer was growing, I'm like, okay, listen here, fuckwads. It ain't going to go away. (laughs) Surrender to the hard seltzer. Surrender to its clear, barely tasteable goodness. I feel dirty (laughs) for saying it. All right. Can you get – do you want to try to guess what – so they listed three things that were going to be the least affected if we all have to stay indoors this summer. Do you care to take a guess at what those might be? You'll never guess them, but do you want to take a guess? Liquor, hard seltzer, and regret. (laughs) Well, regret is never off the table. We already – and you know hard seltzer is because it's in the – it was in their most threatened. Here was the – See, I I could have seen them putting it in both categories to be like – we have either. no idea how this is going to play out. <laughs> um, craft cider was on there. Wheat beer was on there. Really? Yeah. Beach beer? Wheat beer, as in oh, Hefeweizen. Oh. Hefeweizen. And then, if Hef makes a fucking comeback, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not saying it's going to... I'm not going to be happy. I don't think it's going to make a comeback. I think what you have to interpret this as is that... The weird person who likes wheat beer likes wheat beer always. It doesn't matter what season it is. And Malbec. Really? Yeah. Um, 
Why the fuck is Malbec in there? <laughs> they also, and the funny thing is, is they mentioned dance events specifically, and they brought out what, like, the lack of dance events. I don't know why, but they brought it, brought that out too. And you know, I'm not gonna have you guess those. I'm just gonna name them off. Most threatened if all dance events in the summer are gonna be canceled. Mexican beer, we've seen that. Pale lager, Budweiser. Light lagers, Bud Light, and non-alcohol makes sense. But okay. you know, in a world with no dancing, I'm guessing this means the clubs are shut down or some shit over the summer. What is going to be the least affected in the Footloose Preacher's wet dream? Flavored beer, fruit beer, wheat beer makes another appearance, flavored gin, and Malbecs. Again. So not- basically nothing that the nightclubs would fucking serve. <laughs> I think that's how you have to interpret it. You kind of go, well, yeah, they don't do any business anyway, so why would it... I mean, when you're at zero, it's not like you're going to go below zero. And that, I mean, Malbec, I, if that's what Malbec is, I feel kind of bad because I do like Malbec. Wheat beer can suck the fattest part of my cock, but I, such a non... Does it, German wheat beers are great. American wheat beers, meh. Huge meh. But I still even have to be in a mood for a German wheat. No, they're pretty. They're good. I, I I reach for a lot of them during the summer. I, I I crave a lot of German wheats during the summer. See, I'm more like the Czech pills, like German lagers during the summer. Fair enough. I mean, you're wrong, but that's that's okay. We're used to that. Um, uh, you like Malbec, so fuck off. <laughs> they're a night. They're like they're like Cabsov light. You know, there you could. It's Malbecs it's, are actually pretty good. So, so yeah, so suck. So 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 eat a dick, Northern Idaho. Um, <laughs> well, this got off the rails. Um, one more thing, uh, they they mentioned that uh, um, uh, of course with virtual happy hours um, uh, taking off in a big bad way is the last bastion of social uh, uh, contact for a lot of people. What were the biggest gains in that? Um, a lot of. Uh, a lot of breweries and beer clubs have pushed, the, you know, try to push those to uh, to keep beer flowing. But actually, not a lot of beer is being drunk at those. Uh, according to surveys, wine and whiskey are the top winners in uh, virtual happy hours. So there you go. Really? The, 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 the crowds, when they be gathering around their computer, fuck it, we're drinking wine and whiskey. All right. Um, so at this point in time, I'm, I've actually switched, speaking of beer, I switched to the other beer I brought. Um, this is uh, a beer I keep on discovering how much I like. This is from Wallace Brewing up in uh, northern Idaho, um, after disparaging northern Idaho well, twice, thrice, I think, today. Um, this is a brewery from that area. Um, this is their 1910 Black Lager. Uh, it's such a nice, like, I mean, it's got, like, that nice roasty hit, but it's... It's light. It's extremely drinkable. It's 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 a it's it, it, it's a session stout. If session stout didn't the concept of that didn't make me want to die. I love black loggers. They are such an underappreciated style, and they are perfect for like spring and fall time. And it really, I just again, roasty. especially in the valley when it's a little bit warmer. But you still kind of want that roast in the evening when it starts to cool down. Absolutely, yeah. I, I like that. I, I just, 
r- roasty, touch of caramel, um, but you know, clean finish. You could pound, you can pound a six pack of these, and you know, and oh, you're gonna, you, you'll feel it. But you're, it's it's not like a, a drowning a six pack of stout where you've also had like three meals as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's the other that that's the other thing I brought. I just I again keep on discovering how much I love this beer. So, uh, Tyler, what's what's next? Uh, so a little feel good news now. Oh, thank the gods. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, have you ever walked into a bar and you see hanging behind the bar or on the walls or on the rafter, uh, like $2 bills or dollar bills that have been signed or have something funny written on it or something like that kind of hung up everywhere? Not only that, I've I at Kells in Portland, I got a primer on how they uh, they, they do that little bar game you might see where you stick a thumbtack in a dollar bill and you fling it up to the ceiling. So that's a thing people do. People I apparently in bars don't have enough to do, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of aware. So George, bar owner, uh, had to end up laying off with the stay-at-home orders being put in place. Uh, lay off basically his whole staff. Uh, he's owner of the Tibby Island Sandbar, and for over a decade, customers have signed dollar bills and stapled the dollar bills to the walls as a memento of their visit. Uh, the owner, Jennifer Knox, after she laid everyone off, was sitting there thinking, you know, what can I do to help my staff? You know, she had to shut down because business wasn't there to keep everything open. Um, and you know, really feels it's a family, and so wanted to take any way she could to help her staff. Uh, so her uh, and the article on Vine Pair said uh, she stopped and said, "There's money on the walls, <laughs> and we have time on our hands." Literally, yeah. So. Her and five other volunteers worked for over three days removing, cleaning, and counting the dollar bills. Good. In total, they collected $3,714 from the walls. Holy shit. I mean, the the walls are coated in money at that point in time. Yep. Uh, there were additional donations from customers bringing the total up to $4,104, which was then distributed to the bar's now unemployed staff. Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, so a little bit of feel good. Uh, Knox has since repainted the bar's walls to welcome the customers back when the stay at home order is finally lifted. Um, but she is also asking for further donations to help out uh, her staff. There's a cool picture on this article of one of the guys on a ladder just picking off dollar bills, and you see all the dollar bills everywhere. I know personally for me, if I had signed a dollar bill on a wall and something like this happened and I heard about that, I would feel awesome. I'd be like, I'm glad that dollar went to really help someone. I'd be pissed. That I'd be is like, better than me walking into a bar and being like, oh, yeah, I signed that dollar over there. 
No, see, I'd be pissed. I would. Be, I want my dollar to be the last one standing. My mine. I wanted mine to be there, and it survived the uh, the, the 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 pandemic. That's how much of a asshole I am. I want it there, there. God damn it! <laughs> you could just staple another dollar there. I guess you stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. No, maybe maybe a little bit. Just not at all. Maybe a little bit. Um. A little more feel-good news now. Um, uh, I actually found this uh, uh, from uh, CBS uh, Denver Channel 4. Um, the Unfiltered podcast, uh, probably a more popular podcast than this one, uh, put together their first shelter-in-place, or SIP, beer fest to support the Colorado craft beer industry. Get ready for the simultaneously nicest and saddest thing you've ever heard. Okay. How does a beer festival work during a pandemic? Well, it works like this. Step one, buy a $5 ticket. Ticket, it should be noted in quotes, is in the article is, you know, it's kind of appropriate that you don't, because you're not going to go anywhere. So ticket is in air quotes. You're just giving five bucks to the uh, to, to this fund. And then you stay where you are because, you know, it's not a fucking ticket anywhere. Step two. You buy some Colorado. Is that fund at least going to um, like Colorado bartenders? Yes, or? that is where. Okay, uh, it is. Yeah, it's going. It's going to support the uh, uh, the. It's going to support the Colorado craft beer industry, and yeah, specifically um, the uh, uh, laid off workers, um, and some to the BA. Apparently, it was. It was weird. There was the 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 the, the article itself said it was going to uh, going to a fund for um, for uh, the laid off. Uh, staff uh but then the video uh attached to it actually said the the brewers association so it's going somewhere um step two you then buy a colorado beer uh they even teamed up with an official beer delivery service handoff and every time you use them they'll donate an extra dollar to the cause and all then, right and then from noon to six on april 11th so if you download this the day it, the 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 day we release it, it's happening pretty much right now. Um, it's happening like right this second. Um, so if you're listening to this in Colorado, you can take a picture of yourself. I guess you could do it fucking anywhere. Uh, take a picture of yourself drinking a Colorado beer and post it to social media with the hashtag #SipBeerFest between noon and six o'clock, um, April 11th. And then step four. I, I, I don't know. You crack another beer because this shit isn't getting any better. Might as well get absolutely uh, loaded and go pass out in the lawn because that's where we are now. But, hey, you want a beer fest? There's a beer fest. And, really, I, I, I you can buy Colorado beer here in Idaho. So uh, if you want to join yeah. the Sip Beer Fest, uh, pay your five bucks. Go buy, a, go buy an Odell or something. and you know, Oscar Blues or Oscar Blues. Great Divide. Great Divide. Let's say Great Divide, because um, they're more. Well, Odell's still independent, so they're huge. But they're Odell's the largest independent now that New Belgium sold. All right, in Colorado. So you know, there you got, you've got some options. I'm saying you've got some options. Um, take a picture of yourself, and you've entered. You, you're you're at a brew fest, and then you know, I guess vomit upon yourself, so that you feel <laughs> feel feel that it really was a brew fest. I don't know how Brewfest blackout and then cause a scene at your house. Actually, for me to feel like I was truly at a Brewfest, what I'd need to do is get absolutely hammered the night before, because 
at every brew fest there seems to be like a uh, like a industry night where all the where all the uh, uh, all all the industry people go and get absolutely wasted. And then, it's... and then deal with the drunk people hungover. Yeah, right. it's fucking terrible. So what I'd need to do to actually feel like I was at a beer fest is get loaded today and then wake up hungover as fuck tomorrow and then take a picture of myself like just looking like death. <laughs> just... So I'm going to challenge Renee. <laughs> I'm throwing out a challenge. Renee needs to get blacked out drunk off uh, Colorado beer tomorrow during this and then go get a tattoo drunk again. Wait, he did that? <laughs> yep. Well, to properly do it, he, you'd have to get a hold of him now um, so he gets blackout drunk. Did he get black dr- blackout drunk at a beer fest? Yeah, he got pretty wrecked one time at Ale Fort. Right. And, then we en- and then we ended up at the Handlebar, which has a tattoo parlor right above it. <laughs> really? And- I left him with his wife thinking he would be in good hands. And I see him like three weeks later and he's like, dude, I got a tattoo that night. <laughs> uh, Renee is somewhere listening. Like, don't tell him that story, you fuck nuts. And please, for love of God, don't <laughs> mention that time I passed out on the toilet. That that was a thing he did. Oops. Too. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Tyler, anything to add about Renee or beer in general? <laughs> we love you, Renee. You're the homie. Uh, outside of that, keep drinking beer. Have fun. We'll make it through. Again, I want to stress if, I mean, you are all home. I mean, I normally I would like, well, if you're in a car, don't. But you shouldn't be in a car unless you're essential and still having to work, in which case, um, you know what? Uh, when the, all this is over, you have the right to slap a customer of your choice. Just know that it's, it's it's coming. Your manager doesn't know that, but <laughs> it's coming. It's going to be written in law. I'm. It's might be in crayon in my handwriting. But after all this is over, um, if nothing else, they probably aren't going to pass minimum wage laws. They're probably not going to give you health care. But I do. But I think that you are going to be allowed to slap a random customer of your choice. So just you know, look forward to that. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going. Anyway, no, so. I guess what I was saying is, but everyone else, um, you're at home, drink a beer, and if you're not drinking beer, you're a selfish prick. And if you have to go to work, uh, size up the customer you're going to slap. Anyway, this has been It's All Beer. <laughs> you can get a hold of us um, via email. Uh, we love seeing uh, story suggestions and what have you. Um, preferably happier stories someday, but hell... Um, I, I've been seeing the download reports, and you fuckers like uh, the doom and gloom. So, hey, you know what? Send us those, too. You can get a hold of us at itsallbeer at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at itsallbeer1. That's where I post all the stories that we got uh, got all these from, so you can go read those and realize that we're not completely full of shit. Uh, we got... We got the posts of what we're drinking and little clips on Instagram and, of course, Facebook. And, uh... Sure, why not? I still have a I, I still have a core's edge there, so leave us a rating, five star rating, and I guess I'm stuck with drinking it now because I, you can't make, <laughs> you can't make Tyler. I will drive the core if you want Tyler to drink a core's edge. Leave us a five star rating. I will put it in my car. I will drive it to Tyler's house. Leave it on his doorstep. 
and you know he'll have he will record a chug video for it won't you tyler if someone leaves a five-star rating that jeremy is a bitch and i want tyler to chug this i will do it <laughs> it would almost be worth it for that chug video okay and that'll be oh <laughs> uh, we should not encourage our audience like that because that review could pop up all right that's all from us i'm jeremy jones I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs>